Hey, Phil. Hey, Senda. You want to talk about how to get out of encounters non-violently? <laughs> Is this because you keep rolling six minuses on your hack and slash moves? Welcome to Panda's Talking Games. I'm one of your hosts, <laughs> Phil. <laughs> and I'm your other host, Senda. And for tonight, we are going to talk about nonviolent ways to end encounters. So this topic actually springs directly from our AP of the Chronicles of the Raven's Eye, where Anadara is currently, as we speak, frozen in time, facing off against Ortok the Goblin, and straight-up combat has not been going very well for me despite my best efforts and being a reasonably combat-oriented character. So, Which is really funny because Ortok is not exactly the a, toughest adversary. Goblin. He's a goblin. I just keep rolling so badly. So, Phil, from a GMing side, talk to us. What advice do you have for nonviolent resolutions to encounters? Yeah, so um, so it's a lot of times, now I've been on both sides of the screen, right? So a lot of times we get locked into this idea that every kind of conflict that we encounter in a game um, needs to be a combat to the death. Yes, right? that, yes. That the, way, that, the way we, that the way we advance in an RPG is through sheer attrition and, you know, just grinding our enemies into, you know, dust piles of used hit points. Um, <laughs> but the thing is that, like, Pretty much every role-playing game supports other ways to get through encounters, right? Like, that, like combat is not the only thing going on in role-playing games. Yeah, there are, I mean, we can't really say that without also specifically saying, like, there are games that shall remain nameless for the moment that absolutely reward combat over other options, right? Like, defi yeah. that definitely exists. So that's a good point, right? So um, that, that's a good point. There are games that reward combat um, over other options. There are games that have a disproportional number of rules for combat yeah. compared to non-combat things. Um, and both of those actually drive how players will play the game. But if we, if we stick to rewards, because uh, we know that players play to the reward mechanisms of a game. So whatever the game rewards, the players will play to those actions because players like to advance, right? Yep. And that rewards create adva advancement opportunity. So, like, if we look at Pathfinder, like, Pathfinder uh, specifically gives out experience points for creatures slain, defeated, right? C creatures defeated. Yeah. <laughs> Which pretty much states, like, Murder if them. you want to advance, yeah. you, you need to you need to just start defeating some monsters. But... In contrast, in Dungeon Crawl Classics, um, you get experience points for encounters survived, which doesn't mean you need to defeat all the monsters. It just means you need to get through the encounter. Yeah, it doesn't so, even need, mean you need to win the fight. Or fight at all. Yeah. Right? So both of those activities are actually rewarded, right? You can, you can run away. Yep. You can uh, use stealth or guile yep. um, or negotiation. doesn't matter. So you're rewarded for just getting through the encounter and using your wits. So it tells players to actually be uh, more creative. Yeah. 
And then when we get to Dungeon World, which is, of course, the base of what we're playing, you get XP slash rewarded when you roll a six minus, right? So it's not even tied to the outcome of the encounter. It is, in fact, not even tied to an encounter necessarily at all. It is purely tied to making things happen in the game and initiating moves through play and conversation. So all the reward is really doing is encouraging me to do things. Right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Right, because if you think about it, if you think about, if you think about the move structure, on a 10 plus, you get what you wanted, right? Yeah. That's cool. Yep. Right? Cool. Roll 10 plus, get what you want. On a 7 to 9, get what you want. But? But you have to make a few concessions. Uh-huh. Right? On a 6 minus, I get what I want. Uh-huh. But you still get a reward, right? Yeah. You get the, you get the, you get rewarded for failing a move, which, you know, the um, mechanical explanation is, you you know, school of hard knocks, like you learn through failure. But from a game psychology point of view, you get some level of reward at every outcome in a move. How many experience um, does it take to level up? Uh, it is, if I remember off the top of my head, seven plus your level. Noted. Um, but you should check that. When, we'll, we'll, when we switch into the AP, we'll check really quick. It does go up o- over time, right? So it, yeah, gets, no. it gets progressively a little harder. I, I'm, um, just, but, I'm up to four. <laughs> I was like, oh, maybe we should pay attention to that. Yeah, you're cruising along. Yeah. It's seven or five plus your level. We just have to check really quick. Yeah. All right. So anyway, um, so kind of going back to that, to that idea about nonviolent resolutions to encounters, right? Because, so if we take out the games that specifically reward grinding your enemies to dust, then lots of games have different reward mechanisms, which means that, that in finishing an encounter in a non-violent way is totally possible and, 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 you know, could happen. Uh, and maybe in some games should happen, right? Like murder hope. I mean, we, we have the name murder hobo for a reason, right? Like that didn't come out of thin air. So anyway, if we want to make this possible in our games, then, you know, we, you know, here are a few tips for GMs for how to, uh, to create that space where it's a possibility, right? So the first tip is don't corner your characters by terrain or by story. Yeah. Right. And so what I mean by that is like, don't lock them in a room with a monster and don't create a story where something like surrendering is guaranteed to get them like captured and thrown in jail. Right. Um, or or where being captured is a primary point of your storyline, so you're just not going to back off unless or until they're all captured or dead. Like. Yeah, exactly, <clears throat> right? So, the, and the reason they say this is, like, cornered characters will always select violence yeah. over retreat or negotiation. And, and the reason for this is that, and I'm just going to armchair psych this, but we often live our lives kind of giving in to things that we don't like to give into, right? And characters in games are empowered to be able to fight. And um, so we don't like, when we're cornered, we don't like to give in. We will strike out, right? Even if that means we're going to TPK, right? right? Yeah. Um, So if you are creating, if you are cornering your characters in games, they will not look for other solutions they will like literally burn everything down to try to not give in so don't corner them uh number two 
take take into account what the motivations are for the opposition in the encounter, right? Like, does every monster really want to fight to the death? Probably not, mm-hmm. right? I mean, my rule of thumb is always like, look, if it, you know, like if we were playing like D&D or something, if the creature's like animal intelligence, then yeah, it's probably going to stick around and fight. But if it's intelligent, then like I got to start taking into consideration like, like kobolds probably don't want to die. Like kobolds will probably scatter and run and goblins might, you know negotiate or try to plead their way out of a problem. Maybe you get to tougher things like dragons aren't going to back down and giants are arrogant or whatever. But again, think about your creatures, right? Think about your opposition. Do they really want to do this? Could they, could they be convinced to negotiate? Could they possibly, you know, if you stop trying to kill us, we'll let you pass through here kind of thing. Right. Or, Hey, if you give us your, like a couple of your rations, you know, you're cool to go kind of thing. Like, do um, do take that into account when you create encounters. Um, and again, that kind of also folds back onto the don't corner characters, because if all you're doing is every creature you make has the motivation of murder, murder characters, right? Yeah. Then you're, you're kind of also contributing to cornering them. Right. Because um, they're just going to murder everything back. Right. Uh, lastly, be open to creative solutions, right? So if a player wants to do something that's not, directly covered in the rules um but it is a creative way to um solve the encounter then make a ruling like just make a ruling and figure out how to you know how to how to roll for it some games will be more open to this than others like maybe this is a skill check maybe this is some sort of other role like maybe it's a resistance role or something like that take those things into consideration like Allow your players to come up with ideas that aren't hemmed in by rules. And then as GM, figure out how to like make a ruling for that. Yeah. Cool. All right. Good. So send it from the player side. What can players do to not just be murder hobos? Well, so the first thing is you have to have a GM that's on board with that, right? So you have that, to... I, I did that part. No, no, I know. But you, you have to trust that person to, like, not be trying to murder you with everything, right? So, like, that's just a thing from the player side. Like, communicate. <laughs> Both of you communicate. It's great, right? So then the, the next important thing is, like, have more than a hammer. Like, when you have a hammer, everything is a nail. So have equipment and skills and powers that are more than just murdering things and smashing things, right? Because then you will use them in creative ways and you will use them in non-combat ways or in combat ways that avoid direct conflict or whatever it is, right? But you have to have those options available to you because if all you have is combat oriented, all you will do is combat. And you will be bored when there's not combat and you will try to make everything combat. Um, Yep. Yeah. And then the next one is um, know when to hold them, know when to fold them, know when to walk away, know when to run. <laughs> ah, you have you have thwarted my pop spleening trap. Right. So, in other words, not in song. Just because you're in a combat, or just because you started a combat, doesn't mean that it's going to end. 
as a combat, right? Like you can change your mind halfway through that and it might mean that you're running away or it might mean that you came up with something else or you just realized that you have the ring that the um, king of the demons desperately wants and so suddenly you're like, wait, let's stop fighting. I have the thing you want. Just give me back my wife, you know, whatever it is. Right. That got really specific. <laughs> yeah, there's a little more specific than I thought, but okay, sure. <laughs> so basically... Just because it starts as combat doesn't mean the encounter has to end that way. Yeah, and in fact, Fate even has a mechanism for this, right? Like, yeah. Fate actually, Fate's one of the few games that actually has a concession mechanism where players or GMs can initiate the end of combat by basically saying, I, like, my characters want to leave combat, so let's negotiate story-wise what that means. Like, and it's, it, it's a concession because you usually get something for it. Yeah, the people who win usually get something for it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, no, and it's really good because it's always available to everyone. And, like, honestly, sometimes you just have to get away. Like, sometimes you're like, whoa, this is not what I expected and we need to leave now. <laughs> or it's, this doesn't, we don't want to be in this fight. We didn't mean to fight or whatever. And then the last point is to treat combat as plan B. So if your go-to is not to smash things, but you have a backup of smashing things you will be amazed at the other options that you can come up with and this is basically that like speak softly and carry a big stick right like yeah do other things first and then combat is always there as uh you know plan b we're gonna see if that's what happens with me tonight i'm trying so hard <laughs> Yeah, it's, um, I mean, this is, if you're listening to uh, Misdirected Mark, we're playing Numenera, and I'm working very hard to not stab things on the get-go, and we've had some pretty interesting encounters by not just stabbing stuff right from the get-go, right? Like, I had a very interesting conversation with a nano-collective yeah. um, that I could have vaporized, but the instead... The glow cloud. Yeah, the glow cloud. It was actually a really interesting... Um, encounter all, all right. hail all right cool like that's our discussion about non-combat resolutions for encounters so why don't we go and see how anadara fares with ortok yeah let's see how that roll goes <laughs> So I just stood up from a pile of books and I have my rapier in my hand and I can feel the weight of the key that I found in my pocket. And I have just told Ortok, I am on a mission from Morales and you cannot stand in my way. You must let me go. I will not invade your territory any further, but I am going through that door. Okay. Yeah. That's actually pretty close to what you said. It is something time. like that. Yeah. And that is enough to trigger your paladin move, right? Do, 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 do. Yes. Which is? I am the law. Which is, you gotta say it like this. I am the law. I don't think I can say it like that. It's like Chris, nah, it's okay. it's like Chris Steele. You just have to say it. I am the law. <laughs> Show us all outtakes at this point. All right, go ahead. Outtakes. Um, so go ahead. Why don't, you, why don't you, for our listeners, read the text of the move and then make your roll. Okay. So, um, when you give an NPC an order based on your divine authority, roll plus charisma, and then on a seven plus, they choose one? 
Oh, yeah, they choose one. Uh, do what you say, back away cautiously, then flee or attack you. On a 10 plus, you also take plus one forward against them. On a miss, they do as they please and you take minus forward against them. Minus one forward. All right. Attack me is on the list. Damn it. I don't want him to attack me. That's the whole point. We're going to see what happens. Oh, my God. Okay, but I get to add my charisma. Yeah. Yay, which is an actual addition. So, seven. (laughs) Good Lord. I know. So, you get to pick if Ortok is going to do what I say, back away cautiously, then flee, or attack me. In this case, Ortok, who is very concerned about keeping his library and research intact, would really just like you to leave. So Ortok holds up his hands, his rusty knife in one and his spell casting hand in the other, and steps like he steps back on the far end of the table, like giving you space and like motions towards the the door on the far end of the room, the one that you've been trying to get to, and is like, go. Leave my sacred library and do not come back this way. Otherwise I shall not be so forgiving. <sighs> that was such an eye roll at this tiny goblin. But I had to narrate it so that you would know at home. So I back my way towards the door because I'm not letting him out of my sight. And as I get to the door, I want to put my hand on the doorknob behind me and see if it is locked. It is not. It is unlocked. Cool. I'm going to open the door Mm -hmm. and back through it and then close it behind me or in front of me, I guess, and then turn around and see what's in this room. (laughs) So as you close the door, you hear Ortok say, a few words along the lines of rise my icy minions like and and you hear like kind of the sounds of like almost the sounds of like a like sleet falling about the like falling about the room on the other side of the door and some kind of magical cracklings as ortok repairs the damage that you've done uh and you find yourself in another hallway you're in a hallway that has a number of portraits dedicated to Erlis, the Queen of Horfrost and Woe. Just again, this impossibly beautiful woman, often depicted with scenes of unbelievably cruelty about her. All of it's mostly uh, largely disturbing, as I don't think um, Morales and Erlis are close. Right. Uh, yeah, that seems right. Right, the forger of dark destinies, who was a blacksmith and fire, and the queen of hoarfrost and woe, like cold and inhuman. You continue to move deeper into the temple. Uh, this hallway only goes in one direction; it just gets further and further into um, into the temple. You have no idea from the outside how how large this temple is because it kind of went into the side of the mountain. So all you know is that you keep pressing further away from the entrance. I am still walking with confidence because I know that Morden Kellen is this way. Yeah, you do actually. Your unwavering sense of direction tells you that you do need to go down this hallway, that he is further, further back. You reach another room at the end of the hallway. This one had a door, 
But that door is laying flat in the hallway. By the time you start down the hallway, you can see the arch leading into the next room. The door is laying, like I said, uh, down. You actually step over it Mm -hmm. uh, as you approach the uh, room. This room has been exposed to the outside. So part of the room is cracked, like part of the ceiling is missing. And you can actually see, you can actually see sunlight pouring through. And it's snowy and icy in this room as it's been exposed, uh, as it's been exposed uh, to the elements. And the walls of the room are uneven. So not only is there a chunk of the ceiling missing, the walls are actually kind of jaggedly not even as, as if something has like physically shook this whole room, right? Like this room is kind of broken. Does that make sense? Yeah. Makes total sense. Yep. And cool. as I walk in, I'm going to rewrap the cloth that I had wrapped around my head because it is cold. Yeah, this is even colder then, yeah. right? Like the temple afforded you some level of shelter. This room uh, lacks that. Yeah. Okay. Um, so you're standing at the doorway. This room has uh, shelves all along the wall. There are some items still on the shelves. Most of the shelves are bare. Most of the shelves are kind of um, covered in snow at this point. Is there another door in this room? There is. On the far side of the room, there is another door. And your your direction sense tells you that That is the direction. Um, yeah. Yeah, you should pass through the that you should pass through this room as well. So I am gonna pause in the doorway just for a moment because this room is very destroyed and just take a quick look around and see if I see anything that flags as danger. Okay. That is absolutely a discern realities move. Mm-hmm. Do 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 God, if I could roll something reasonable, that would be great. Okay, that's a seven. Wow, you really, like, have you rolled a 10 plus yet in this campaign? I don't know that I have. I think I might have rolled one last time that I took out two goblins with. No, I just rolled a 10 on my damage. I haven't rolled a 10 on actually doing anything. (laughs) Wow, okay. Yeah. Well, that's right. Um, on a seven to nine, you may ask me a question and take a plus one forward when acting upon the answers. Yeah. What should I be on the lookout for? Yeah, that's a good question. So you, you're you studying the room from the doorway and you notice that the floor is very uh, snowy, right? And that there are bare spots and those bare spots are ice, Mm-hmm. It is icy and uh, like the whole floor seems to be a sheet of ice. Hmm. So I think what I'm going to do, I want to back up into the hallway so that I'm not standing on the door. And then I want to put, the- <laughs> here we go. You ready for this? I want to put the door just inside of the room on the ice and then. I want to back up into the hallway and I want to run at the door and then I want to jump onto the door and land on my knees and slide across the floor on the door to Alrighty. the other side. That's what I want to do. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, um, well, I'm going to say that that is absolutely a defy danger move. <laughs> okay. So when you act despite imminent threat or suffer a calamity, say how you deal with it, uh, which I think you have, 
and I believe you are doing this with Dex. Yeah, probably, which means very bad news for me. <laughs> but it's cool. Okay. Ugh. Yes, I finally rolled a thing. I rolled a thing, which is good because this is a minus for me. So that ends up being an eight. Okay. So on a seven to nine, uh, you stumble, hesitate, or flinch. The GM will offer you a worse outcome, a hard bargain, or an ugly choice. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. So... So I like what you got going on here, right? You got some real gumption. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think this goes the way you think it will, right? Uh-huh. So you land, like, you you do fine, right? You run out, you hit the door, and it starts going. But it doesn't make it across the room. Okay. Um, it makes it halfway, and the ice gives way. Oh, God. <laughs> You are floating on the door. Like, you've not that you have a, like a lot of time left on this door before it goes under, but like you hear like the ice cracks and everything breaks underneath you. And in doing so, you see a pair of eyes moving under the ice, like just like, like rolls past the door. That you're like precariously perched on as it's starting to slowly sink into the icy water. And I think that is exactly where we stop for our adventure tonight. Before we head into the end of the show, Senda, tell us about another show on the Misdirector Mark Network. Yes, well, on the Wednesday evening podcast, all-stars Brett, Tom, Kevin, Chris, and Andy get together and play games that get edited down into an audio drama for your ear holes. Join this crew of all-star players as they create stories from the games you love. Indeed. So, say, Senda, where can people reach us on the internet? Well, you can find us on Twitter at Pandas Talk Games. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash pandas.games. You can find us in the Misdirected Mark Google Plus community for however much longer that lasts. Or you can drop us an email, panda at misdirectedmark.com. And Phil, once they find us in one of those places or write down our email address with a handy dandy panda pen, what can they do with that information? By all means, please send us topics, questions, requests, things you'd like to see in our AP, etc. We love to talk about the things that you find interesting. So as if you're listening to the AP and you're like, hey, it'd be really cool for Phil to talk about, I don't know, environmental encounters versus combat encounters or whatever. Just give us a shout out. We'll uh, address it. And even if it's not related to the AP, feel free to ask us. We love to answer those kinds of GMing advice questions for you. Yeah, Lily is very hot. I mean, GMing advice. Sorry. I thought ditch lilies. Or ask your ditch lily (laughs) trivia questions as we are the authoritative experts on all things ditch lilies. (laughs) Maybe our next AP after this one will be a ditch lily AP. I want to play Lily. Oh, my God. No, actually, I don't want to play Lily. I want to play like one of the other girls that has to live with Lily. Anyway, keep going. 
Anyway, hey, um, it's actually your turn. What's another thing that people can do with our social media once they get a hold of it? Well, you can send us your table selfies. So next time you are sitting down at the table with those awesome peeps, snap a picture of you playing that game and post it on the social media of your choice. Twitter is admittedly the easiest for me to find it on. And I will swing by and like it. And sometimes Phil will too, because we like to see what you guys are playing. Indeed we do. If you like what we do here elsewhere on the Misdirected Mark Network, you can support our Patreon campaign. Patrons of the show get access to all sorts of amazingly cool things. The bonus outtakes from this show, the after show from Misdirected Mark, access to our Slack Room for Life, maps that Chris has been making. Oh man, yeah. uh, Some of which may wind up being part of our campaign. I may just snag a few of the ones from the Patreon and use those Mm. for future adventures. Yeah, it's so dungeony. it's so it's so dungeony. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, and in addition, uh, we do like to give our patrons things that we make. Our patrons got a copy of Mark's half-eaten hamburger LARP a day before the rest of the world did because you know we love you and we like to give you things. It was a little bit. So more than uh, it was like three days. Was it? I don't think so. Oh, I don't know. You might have gotten impatient. It was like a day. Okay. <laughs> it was like a day. It's a, it was a small product. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bigger things we like to give you longer, like, you know, a week or something like that. But it was also holiday week. I had to get that thing out. Yeah, you did. Anyway, uh, we also like to shout out to our patrons. Uh, Senda, would you like to shout out and show some love to a couple of our patrons? Absolutely, I would. Christopher Gray, the spy master of MMP. You won't see him coming. <laughs> Thanks, Christopher. And Effie Madison, thank you so much. Effie, you are the best. And Stacy Winters, thank you so very much, Stacy. Say, Senda, what's the other thing that people can do if they're already back in the patron or unable to back the patron, which is perfectly fine, that makes us super happy, like pandas rolling down a hill? Well, you can leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or the podcatcher of your choice. Every new review we get really does actually help new people find the show. So thank you super duper muchly to everyone who's already left a review if you leave it somewhere other than the u.s apple store we would love to hear about it because we won't be able to see it so anyway thank you to everybody who's already left reviews and if you're enjoying the show please please help us out there yeah anyway phil show me how you are going to craft your next encounter so that combat is not my first option This show is a joint production of She's a Super Geek and Misdirected Mark Productions, the media arm of Encoded Designs. And here we go. Welcome back to Pandas Talking Games. I'm your host, Phil. And oh, in God, this segment... I'm so tangled. <laughs> and in this segment, we're going to talk about... Uh, what the hell's going on with your what the hell's going on with your headphone cord? I don't know. It's like wrapped around my elbow. Jeez. Bloop. Okay, Darth. Sorry, it the it's winter and the back wall, the wall is, is radiating. Freezing. The back of your hairs are cold. No, I, I it's remember my how neck, this works. man. It's my neck is freezing. <laughs> I gotta wear the hood for a little while. Okay. I don't know. I since I've become old, I um since I become old, like I, I am cold in my house. Like I just, 
I'm cold in my house, but I'm not old. No, but you're like you're cold in like the dead of summer. Like you're well. I mean, that's fair. <laughs> it's not untrue. Um, no, it's not wrong. Oh, you know, here let's do a little non-linear podcasting thing, right? So, okay. What are we doing? Um, well, we're gonna <laughs> ready. Hang on. <laughs> oh, it's so good. I tried to get you with that pop spleen, and um, I totally didn't. Um, <laughs> now I know who you're talking about. Totally tried to get you with that pop spleen uh, by sneaking it into the show notes, but you totally, uh, you totally caught on. I was, I was very impressed. Nailed it. Yeah. And the best part is when people listen to this, it'll make sense. Right. <laughs> it's only funny now because we're doing it at the beginning of the show and it makes right. no sense. Makes no that, sense whatsoever. But when they hear it, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, it was that. Right. But we're probably going to have this reaction again when right. it happens. Yes. <laughs> probably. We, probably. Yeah. yeah. We, but now, we, we will. Yeah. Right. No. We but we've, now, now we've, we've, stacked, we've stacked the deck. Yeah, it, it, it's crazy. That's Make some crazy sure. nonlinear podcasting shit yeah, going is. on there. Yeah. That's some serious nonlinear podcasting. Mm-hmm. Shit! Don't make faces like that. I'm not making faces like I'm scared of clams. Oh I'm scared they might murder me. <laughs> well, it's not the actual clams in the shell. It's just no, like no, the meat I'm not of scared. clams. I'm not scared of the animal clams. I'm scared that I'm deathly allergic to them, and I've never tried them to find out. Man, food, you, like pro, you and protein are really complicated. <laughs> yeah, we have a complicated relationship. You don't really like shrimp. No, my mom was allergic to a bunch of shellfish, so I haven't right. been very exploratory about shellfish. I used to like shrimp, but now they're, I mean, they're okay, but like if I have an option, I probably won't choose them because the texture is weird. But at the same time, I'm like, ooh, poke bowl with like raw yellowtail. Yes. Nom, 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 right, nom, strange. nom. Anyway, so clam dip's amazing. <laughs> clam dip's like this gooey, cheesy, delicious thing. Um, I'm going to take your word for it. Anyway, It so, sounds like my dad would love it. So anyway, eight, like eight. <laughs> not only do we make a killer turkey, but I taught Dante, my son, uh, the importance of math. For the turkey. Well, so here was the deal, right? So um, he's a freshman, right? So he's taking algebra right now. Yep. So I'm like, all right. I'm like, come here. I'm like, here's a piece of paper and a pencil. He's like, what's this for? I'm like, well, I said, we have to plan out um, when to cook the turkey. I said, so um, I know all the steps um, and I know all the steps except for, I know the time for all the steps except for one, which is how long to cook the turkey. And he's like, oh, okay. He's like, well, what do we do? And I'm like, well, it's a math problem. Ready? Here we go. Alton Brown (laughs) says that a 14 pound turkey cooks in two hours. Our turkey is 22.25 pounds. Solve for X. <laughs> yes. So he did, right? So he did like, he did all the algebra and he figured it out and he comes back and he's like uh, three and a half hours. I'm like, okay. So according to our timeline, if I put the turkey in at 12, it'll be out at 3.30, rest for a half hour, then, you know, until four, my dad will carve it and we'll be eating by 4.30. And he's like, yes. So I, uh, I put it in. And now remember, we don't cook to time. We cook to temperature, right? So we cook. Yes. So, it, it, you know, the, it's just an estimate. So anyway, it was supposed to be out at 3.30. It was done at 3.28. Wow. I was like, I was like, behold the power of math. Like, <laughs> and then it was amazing. Bloop. 
So I made chocolate mousse. Yeah, you did. Like real chocolate mousse. <laughs> like real chocolate mousse. Like if you come to my house and want to eat my chocolate mousse, then the first thing I'm going to tell you is if you're scared of raw eggs, there are raw eggs in this. So like when we went to the Persian place after Metatopia and we got chocolate mousse, it was good. But that was not the texture of a mousse because it was not fluffy. It was very dense. Right. What right? Did, oh, because I didn't get the mousse. That's I got the coffee thing. You got the coffee with ice cream in it. Yeah, that, that was legit. That was, <laughs> that was on brand for me. That was that was very on brand for you. Anyway, bloop, we have many outtakes. Should we start the show? Except I might maybe have a a thing. Little <laughs> your eyebrows just like what is that? Well, I think you froze you for a second because I I heard this like high pitched squeaking. I might <laughs> I might have a and then it just like stopped. <laughs> I don't think it froze. I think I made really weird noises. All right, or you went to a <laughs> you went to a pitch that your mic could no longer supersonic. Yeah, you went supersonic. <laughs> what's going on (laughs) did you make something for the class did i make something for the class if you made something for the class you have to share it (laughs) i don't remember the words now (laughs) (laughs) do you want to just hum it and we'll all just imagine it was really funny it was super funny you guys okay hang on hang on hang on let's see if i remember it was it your chocolate chocolate mousse no, no, brings no. all the no, boys no, no. here? I was about to, I was about to sing <laughs> to your yard. <laughs> yeah, my pandas bring all the boys to the yard. Okay. <laughs> no, this is awful. <laughs> you do not have a song. <laughs> no, I do have a song, but you keep preventing me from singing. I'm gonna give you ten more seconds okay. of dead air. <laughs> In which to have a song, and then you, and then, no, no, and then we're starting the show. No, but you have to stop so I can do the song. Okay, you ready? He's doing a funny thing. It's gonna be hard. Bloop. Waveforms roasting on an open fire. Podcasts nipping at your ears. Gaming songs being sung by a choir, and folks dressed up with elven ears. Everybody knows some pandas and some mistletoe help to make the game con bright. Nerdy nerds with their eyes all aglow will find it hard to sleep tonight. Okay, that's all I did. They know that Phil's <laughs> on his way <laughs> with lots He's of topics. He's got a, lots of games and game books in his sleigh. <laughs> All right. There's some potential for this song. I'm glad that you're with me on this. <laughs> I love that song, by the way. I think we have in years past talked about... Um, our insane love for Christmas songs. Like I Yeah. Like now that Santa came down the Macy's Day Parade, like I'm in for I know, listening now I to Christmas music. And then I got Wampocalypsed right away. I know. Andy Wampocalypsed me in my own home. I got Wampocalypsed on the drive down to my parents' house, um, oh my switching gosh. radio stations. No. Landed on a radio station. I'm like, wait, what? No, oh damn. Oh Dawn. damn it. 
Yeah, I was like, I didn't even notice till like halfway through because I was we had friends over and we were chatting, and I was like, no, did you really? And she was like, what? I didn't know. Why don't? Why doesn't anybody ever tell me these things? And I was like, it was on the podcast. <laughs> it's, on the, it's on the internet, man. Wham-poc- hashtag it's Wham-pocalypse. Anyway, yeah. All I'm right. Out. I'm whammed. Bloop. Hey, future send us. Stop crying. It's time to start the show. Meow. Meow. Bloop. Cue music. It's all about getting out of this fight. Are you making fishy faces? <laughs> making a weird fishy face. What's going on with you? I, um, Are you purposely trying to throw me off tonight? I had like a third of a raspberry hard cider from stem ciders because I went out to dinner. C squared, man. C squared's where it's at. No, but you haven't had stem cider yet. I don't know, but I like C. I like C squared. I know you like C squared. We might just have to drive along the road there because they're like three blocks apart. Awesome! I'm right? willing to do that. But also, there is very usually wait, parking wait, in that parking stop lot. The what? show. That's what, what we show? forgot to do. We forgot to do the show. Oh, shit. We were just shit, doing the opening, shit. and we like completely <laughs> lost it. Right. right. The Oof. show. The All right. Show. Hang on. Shh, shh, shh. I'll do the welcome part. Okay. Good lord! <laughs> what the hell's going on? I told you, I had like a third of a can of a raspberry cider. You can't stem. be the leader on this one. I'm no. usually the leader on this. No, you're the leader on this part. All right. Bloop. And welcome to another episode of Pandas Talking Games. I'm your host, Phil. You're you're my host, Phil. You I'm always, Senda's host, Phil. You always say you're one of your hosts, but you didn't say you were one of your hosts this time. just because you are in a combat or just because you started a combat doesn't mean that it has to end a combat right like you can get out of that in non-combatory ways combatory non-combat ways right i'm not sure what that word was was. (laughs) should i try that whole thing again I, I would love if you just like took a whole fresh crack at it. Okay. Bloop. All right. Give me a second to get all my yep, stuff together. You get together. all your stuff out. Do you have your dice? Just flaunting your dice at this point. I'm flaunting my dice at you. I'm such a wanton dice flaunter. Bloop. You're right. This is all going away. <laughs> delete, 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 delete. <laughs> oh boy <laughs> Bloop. so i am in the temple the old decrepit falling apart crushed by ice temple of the queen of hoarfrost and woe and um i didn't you just tell me not to do this at the beginning <laughs> of the show the rest of the- didn't you just like <laughs> literally <laughs> tell me you were like Stop! you're like i you wrote you i wrote a, i, was I wrote a go, thing i was about to go straight into the thing you were like, totally no. don't recap from the beginning. <laughs> I wasn't going to recap. Okay. God damn it. Bloop. Agree. But admitted it would have been really cool if I'd made it across. On a 10 plus, you would have made it all the way to the other side. Right? The, it would yeah, have been real absolutely. good. It was good. On a, on a six minus, you were going to go um, right into the, uh, like, <laughs> like the crash. 
Like just boom right into the water. (laughs) So the next time you are sitting down at that table to play a game with those awesome peeps. I'm getting so many eye rolls from Phil. It's like we've never done the end of the show before. Not 135 other times. Uh, yeah. Wow. Are you going to put a, a wooden door on I'm, the floor? Some shelves along the walls so that I could have climbed around but didn't? I definitely left some options in there, didn't I? You definitely did. I decided to take the cool one, not the logical one. There we go. Show me what you got. Show me what, Show you, me got. what you got. Show, Show me what you got. Show me what you got. 59 minutes. That's bad. Ooh. That's bad. I mean, it's only five minutes longer than the last one. Yeah. Well, that means we got to go, though. Uh-huh. We got to go now. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, is that a song, too? Oh, boy. <laughs> Louie, oh, 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 I know that song. I just didn't so know that. We got to go. Yeah. Say bye. Uh, uh, uh. Okay, bye. Bye. I love that you waited to buy until I had finished my...